welcome to Red Voices. Relax, take a load off and let myself, you and Leonard, and my relieved colleague Richard can guide you through a topsy-turvy week for United. Two Wadens, a rubbish defeat in Switzerland, and some utterly ridiculous goals. Rich, shall we start with the shitty end of the stick and work our way forwards? Yeah, I forgot what we were talking about that, which has lowered my mood no end. Yeah, I know. I mean, we do have to go back for it. Our last pod <clears throat> yep. was just after our wonderful display against Newcastle, and suddenly yep. we were back on Champions League duty, needing only a point to confirm qualification. Not like that's in any proper real danger, unless we ship, what, six no. at home to CSK in Moscow. But yeah, last week's performance against Basel, we'll give that a quick minute. Pretty rubbish. We seem to we seem to veer between being absolutely deadly with our finishing and being absolutely hopeless, don't we? I mean, I know we'll come on to tonight's game later, but tonight, first half, we were just absolutely lethal, and second half, we were just hopeless until we got the fourth goal. It, it seems to be the way of United at the moment. We, we, have, we have these periods, particularly in the second half, where we seem to cruise, and that's really what happened. What happened in, in Switzerland, you know, we should have been, Marino was right, we should have been four or five up in the first half. You know, endless chances, and didn't take them. We knew that Bals, Basel were going to, Push on more in the second half because they had to win the game, and we were just we just cruised. We were just, and, and I think we just again confirm what we know is that certain players just aren't good enough, you know, to be to be at the club. And you know, Darwin had a terrible game. Hmm. I was going to say Lingard. That's harsh because he's just had a, a really terrific game tonight. But you know, he really really struggled in that game, and he he tends to have sort of one one terrific game in perhaps five. Um, and Blind really struggled at left back. It showed just how desperate we are for for full backs. And, you know, we took took Pogba off and he's so instrumental to everything we do that we, we really sort of knocked off after that. Yeah. And it's really disappointing. Then. I mean, he didn't mean, ultimately, it doesn't really mean anything unless we do, you know, commit Harakiri against CSKA at home. But it was just it was just annoying because there were players in that team. I think we made seven changes. There were players in that team who should have really been playing for places. And we just looked in the second half. We just looked like we were cruising, like we were off the pace and... You know, Barcelona are a terrific team, and they they really deserve to win. I would have thought, I would have said by the end. Mm, I'd agree with that. A couple of positive aspects. I thought Rocco had a really good game. Sergio yeah. Romero pretty solid in that. You know, it's nice for Rocco yep. to come back and look that consistent and solid and read the game so well and make some really good challenges. You know, Sergio has been playing a very clear second fiddle to De Gea all season, but you know, it, it's been a season plus now since Romero dropped what could be described as a massive clangor. Mm. You know, he looks pretty damn solid in net for us whenever he plays these days. And, you know, if there's one player who didn't deserve to uh, lose the game last week, it was probably him. But, you know, as you said there, Basel most likely deserved it. You know, they were really pushing on the second half. There were times where, you know, they'd attack us, we'd get the ball back, goal kick, and it would just come straight back to us. You know, they just... There was no control over that second half whatsoever. We should have put the game away in the first. We didn't, got complacent and lost. It's pretty much all there is to it. But yeah, we, we should, barring some sort of nuclear disaster next week, we should very well be sorted out by the time we play CSK Moscow next week. And, you know, top in the group. You know, none of that means yeah. too much considering some of the clubs that are going to be finishing second in theirs. But, you know, good to top the group, you know, and just to get through this situation. You know, arguably the hard work was done with the first four games. So, yeah, on with an upwards on that one after, a, you know, slightly frustrating result. And then we move our way over to the Brighton game at the weekend. You know, the I guess the popular perception was that we, you know, probably grind out a 2-3 goal win. And nothing like that at all, really, was it? It was a really, really difficult game. You know, struggle for fluency yeah. didn't really create a hell of a lot. Lots of pressure in that second half, but very, very few 
clear-cut chances. And in the end, it took a very, very lucky deflection to get us over the line. Yeah, I mean, it's been a problem all season. You know, again, harking back to the Watford game again, if, if a team plays against us and they're open, like Newcastle were, then we're quite capable of taking them apart. But I think if an opposing team is effective in being compact and difficult to break down, then I think we struggle more. And there's an element of just waiting waiting for somebody to do something ingenious, which you know, didn't quite happen on against Brighton. But then, as, as people said afterwards, it was it was really rather wonderful to see us play that badly and then win with an incredibly spawny goal just to make people really cross. Uh, and I think we should... We oh, definitely the absolute have... spooniest goal. It was, it was. So spoony. I think we should mention Lindelof because, you know, Lindelof, I think, probably was the man of the match in that game. And what we've seen of him in the last two games, particularly including tonight, is the different defender to the, you know, absolute liability that he that he was for the first two or three months of the season. He really starts he's really starting to look like he's getting to grips with with the Premier League. I know being man of the match against Brighton isn't the greatest accolade in the world, but he stood out as as United's best certainly United's best defender in that game and I think again tonight. So there's not much we can take from that apart from the piss it boiled. <laughs> but as you say, Rocco coming back and you know he's continued reintegration and he's generally done really well. Aside from the penalty tonight, he's really come back and made a difference for us when, with Bailly and, and Jones missing. But but there's not much else you can take from that game other than the fact that Lind, Lind, Lindelof really did play very well and he's starting to look re- really quite an accomplished defender. Yeah, I think the funny thing about that is that you look at the way Lindelof played in these last two games, arguably, you know, the, the three there is what Mourinho is trying to play in some of these games where he's fearful of United getting attacked on. I think that three in defence actually kind of makes us look a bit weaker, right? I mean, I thought, for the most part, yeah, there were definitely a couple of occasions, I remember Gross and Knockout had some chances where they sort of got past that defence during the game, but I thought Lindelof, as you mentioned then, looked particularly composed. You know, there was that crunching yeah. tackle that Old Trafford so rightly appreciated in the second half, on Knockout, I think it was. And yeah, yeah. just looking like an assured defender, you know, looking like he's gotten to grips with things. You know, who'd have thought it? But yeah, you know, to have gotten through a game like that in those sort of circumstances where we were nowhere near our fluid best, we were struggling to create, it's great. You know, that's exactly the kind of result that you need every now and then, and exactly the kind of outcome that you know, a team like United requires when we are struggling to just get anything out of ourselves, just to actually create something and especially for a man like Lukaku who's been really struggling at the I say really struggling who's not been in the goals of late and a lot's been made out of that just to have gotten through that game with that result was great obviously that was undermined somewhat by the fact that City essentially passed Huddersfield to death and got a slightly spoony goal of their own and one late on over in Yorkshire on Sunday night but there we go you know that, that yeah. restored the eight point lead we've cut it back down though Richard to five as a result of a mad mad game at Vicarage Road this evening. Yeah. What the hell was that? Uh, it's difficult to really summarise this game because because you can break it down to, into constituent parts of the game that were just completely different. You know, the first the first half, I didn't even think United played particularly well the first no, half. No, no we didn't. <laughs> Certainly defended very well but didn't keep the ball well at all. But we were just absolutely deadly. I mean, obviously nobody saw Ashley Young turning into, you know, Jezinho but um, <laughs> you know I think we <laughs> but, 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 but we were absolutely deadly we had four chances in that half and we scored scored three of them four really good chances and scored three and I think that really bowled Watford over and I didn't think there was much of a 
much of an atmosphere there at, at the start, but that really killed the atmosphere for them. And I think when they went into half time, they really quite quite shell shocked. And United were so on top in terms of the control of the game that you couldn't really see any any way that it could change. But then United came out in the second half and kind of do what United seem to do in second halves sometimes, which is just to ease off, just to I don't know, just to get complacent or it's just, it's very similar to um to the game in Basel, you know, we we thought we were controlling the game for a while and we had a few chances that we should have really finished the game off. But as soon as Watford really pressed, we just kind of really floundered, didn't we? That the, the Rocco foul that led to the, the penalty being scored, we really seemed to lose a lot of composure from there and Watford really got up for it. And I think in the end, we were quite lucky to get away with that, largely thanks to Jesse Lingard scoring his one Pelé-esque goal for the season. Mm. Such an odd evening. I, I, mm. Someone has bet on Ashley Young scoring a brace this evening, and I bet they are the happiest person in the world. But good grief. you know, I was thinking about the start of that game and just thinking, all right, in these sort of instances, when the team is struggling, when we're really getting pressed quite heavily and Watford were looking like they could really do some damage, this is where United's top players, our really high-quality players, need to prove themselves and need to make something special happen. But good grief, I didn't see that coming out of Ashley Young. The first strike was just absolutely magnificent. He has fizzed that absolutely into the bottom corner. I wasn't necessarily I sure. It go- no, I didn't. I didn't think. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it looked like he sort of hit the stanchion at the back and gone behind the goal for a minute, and then it took a, it took a moment to register. No, no. I mean, Gomez had absolutely no chance whatsoever with that. You know, he fizzed that into the mm. corner so well. You know, and thoroughly enjoyed it as well. You know, he got quite a warm reception from the Watford crowd when uh, his name was read out and when he came out on the pitch at the start. Less so as the evening went on, perhaps understandably. Yeah. But, you know, he, he's <laughs> still very clearly loving life at United. And we love him for it. But good grief. I mean, that the, the free kick, I mean, you know, leading up to that, Pogba with a great run through the middle as he was doing all evening. You know, Decore pulled him back in, <laughs> in United's half and then decided to have another little of it again. You know, fairly far out, but the way that went in, I was laughing for a good 30 seconds uncontrollably when that second goal went in. The free kick was just wonderful. I mean, how much, you know, not to take anything away from the free kick, how much blame do you put on Gomez for just that little step to the left before the shot went in? I don't think he gets near that either way. It was, you know, it was absolutely perfect top corner curling away and and high above the keeper as well. Proper Roy I mean, the Rover stuff, isn't it? It was. I mean, but Ashley Young used to be a very good free kick taker at Villa. I distinctly remember him scoring quite a few from similar positions at Villa, but I think we've got used to United being largely being absolutely hopeless from free kicks. I'm trying to think of the last time we scored direct from a free kick, and it was probably Zlatan in the League Cup final. And then going back before that, I can't think when we did. Um, so I, I, I tend to look at those situations and think, there's not any danger there. It's going to hit the wall or go into orbit or something. Mm. So just just the fact, I think the fact he's already scored once. The fact that we actually saw an incredibly well taken free kick by a player by a United player, it was just it was just hilarious because it was him and because but 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 he completely deserves it because he since he's come back into the team he's been pretty much United's most consistent player mm. and he's he's really not not fully plugged the the, the left back problem but he's provided a really really effective solution to an ongoing problem that we have really from both fullback positions you know so he's defended pretty well he had a 
bit of a difficult time in the first half against Newcastle, but largely he's defended pretty well. And his productivity up front has been absolutely tremendous, hasn't it? You know, he's he's really provi- providing a, a sticking plaster to that issue that we will hopefully address in the summer. Mm. And that's a real boon because, you know, at 32, he's been a squad player. I think they said he hadn't scored for over 500 days for United. The so... last time he scored was when we played Bournemouth in that uh, rearranged match at the end of Van Hal's second season after yeah, the bomb scare. Remember, yeah. Well, they're the not bomb scare. Yeah. And the first time he scored two goals in five years, I think it is. Mm. It's just He also seems <sighs> to score really good, really great goals. Though. I mean, you know, like distinctly remember his absolute thunder bastard against Stoke in the League Cup away at Stoke mm. um, and he scored a really terrific goal at Blackburn in the league as well and he just seems to score really high class goals it's, not, it's never boring and that's really good to see because I don't think United score enough of those we score we score a lot of what, what I'd sort of call standard goals you know breakaway goals or decent finishes in the area or headers but we don't score too many worldies Mm. And it's nice. It's nice that he's doing that, and that we're doing that because it just just gives us another string to our bow. I think. Yeah, I just couldn't process that second goal whatsoever. I'm sorry to just repeat the point, but I no. couldn't fully comprehend what I was seeing with that free kick. Just absolutely immaculate, and as you said there, fully, fully deserved. You know, Youngs come into the side on a consistent basis over the last plus month or so. And he's made it impossible to dislodge him for the big games. You know, you damn well better bet you'll see him on the team sheet when we get to Saturday's game against Arsenal. And he'd be fully deserving of it. He's outworking anyone else in the position. He's offering more going forward. And he's offering more in defence. As you mentioned there, a couple of issues. And a couple this evening as well. A couple of times we just got caught out. But he still works so hard on the ball and off the ball to make up for that. And... The fact that he's been involved, you know, hitting the shot of the weekend that Dunk uh, deflected in and scoring those two this evening. The output at the minute is daft. Yeah, and the assist against Newcastle as well for the for the spalling header. Indeed. Lou Van Hull used to really love him and, and Mourinho, I think, loves him as well because he follows instructions. He does exactly what he's told to do. He works really hard and he's actually productive with it as well. And I think that's why it's it's a shame he's 32. And if he, if he was sort of four or five years younger, I'd say, well, you know, we can afford to get away with that that position and really concentrate on other areas. So what you're saying is, is Fergie's fault for not playing him as a left back all along? <laughs> Something like that. Maybe 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 Louis van Gaal did one thing right. Well, all right. Oh, whoa there, whoa there. Come on, mate. It's Tuesday night. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my bad. But but anyway, Ashley Young's had has has been a terrific sticking plaster for that position. Absolutely. So far. Yeah. Another player who's had a very, very great season so far, Anthony Martial, with an ice cold, deadly finish for number three. You know, really great instinctive touch by the Kaku. You know, it was fired away and he literally just stuck a leg out and managed to divert it straight into Martial's path. I don't think Martial looks up once, takes one touch, fires it from the edge of the area straight in. What a finish and what a goal. Martial had a wonderful game. He's he's really looked composed. He's looked excited he's looked excited he's just easily our most exciting player to watch when he's on the ball like that he's so unpredictable and he's just so great to watch it's absolutely wonderful and at three point at three nil you're thinking pretty much game over i guess the the funny thing about that was even at three nil there was still a sense when Watford were attacking towards the end of that first half that we weren't necessarily 100 percent in control of the game which is mad when you think about the fact that we had a three goal lead but it still didn't feel that comfortable. 
we never kept the ball well, did we? We never kept the ball well, and that was that was the problem. We were always seeing the ball come back at us, hmm. and it's it's been an ongoing problem. We don't keep the ball very well in midfield, and it invites pressure on ourselves. And that was really what was happening. We 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 was just sort of holding off, and we the three centre backs were playing particularly well, and actually stopped that danger from materialising into anything. Hmm. But you know, we were asking for trouble at that point. I guess one of the bigger turning points of that second half was when Rashford won the ball back and played Lukaku through and he took how long? I'm not even sure, but eventually got in a rather tame shot with three or four Watford defenders having recovered and essentially blocked and made sure that there was no chance it was going in. He's looking a little bit... It's difficult to say low on form because we know how quickly these things can turn around and the start of the season was so encouraging. I'm really hesitant to say that he's going through a particularly rough patch. But at the minute, there is definitely a sense that he's not quite as sharp as he was in those beginning weeks of the season, isn't there? I think the ironic thing was that tonight, his, particularly in that first half, his link-up play was really good. Wasn't it? I mean, the link-up play between a lot of three or four of our attackers was great, and he was great. He was instrumental and centre to that, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, in that aspect of his game, he was actually playing a lot better than, than he has in recent weeks. But you can see that his confidence in goal was just absolutely on the floor couple of months ago maybe two and a half months ago he he just absolutely wellies that chance absolutely wellies it and the keeper doesn't have a chance but he just didn't get his feet out he didn't quite know what to do with it and I don't think he saw felt the defender coming in from behind him and it was just symbolic of of his luck in front of goal he'd had a previous chance where he just rather scuffed a right foot shot across goal that was almost turned into a cross but I think he was trying to shoot and then perhaps 30 seconds later maybe a minute later he actually created a chance for himself really really well and fired one just past the post, and he just—I think—he just needs a couple of breaks to go his way, and to just to get that that swagger back. Because I think that six weeks where we really withdrew into our shells, starting with the Liverpool game, and he he became incredibly isolated as a forward. That just really—I think it's just really—you know—his confidence has just ebbed as a result of that. I've seen so little of the ball, and then the pressure, the pressure is on every touch. If you don't if you, if you don't touch it very much. I think James Ducker said on on Twitter that it's perhaps an opportunity, you know, might be might be a good idea to give him a couple of games out. And I think normally I'd say that, but the games we've got, I'm not sure we can really afford to. But we can we can certainly do without him in the the CSK game on next Wednesday night. But I can't see how we could really start with start with Ibrahimovic yet at the Emirates. No, no, I'd agree. City, so we're a bit stuck. And I mean, the same applies the same applies with Matic as well. I mean, we saw Matic go off tonight with I'm, I'm not sure if if he was really injured or just absolutely. Well, Pat, uh, Mourinho said post-match that it was a muscular problem, I think it was. He, Matic actually asked to come off, and he said that right, never happens, so it sounds like it could be a bit of a problem. That's a serious blow, because we saw what happens when Matic goes off and Herrera goes on. And it's not even that Matic was having a terrific game, It's just I think it's just his discipline, being in the right place at the right time, and snuffing out danger, even if his possession play wasn't particularly excellent but Herrera came on and we just lose all shape we just lose shape I don't know what has happened to Herrera this season I mean I know I know he's not always been the most disciplined midfielder in the world but he's all over the place now absolutely all over the place and we really sort of fell apart completely in midfield when he came on so we've got a couple of worries in that regard for the game at, at the Emirates but fortunately tonight we got away with it because of Lingardinho hmm. gosh I mean the turning point with Lukaku missing that, it, it was worrying. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I missed the penalty because my stream died. 
That's simply what happened there, Rich. <laughs> Frustrating to see Lukaku, you know, fluff his lines up in front of goal when you know he had so much time, and I guess that's just symptomatic of where he is at the moment. Now, hopefully, that doesn't last too much longer. Although, as you mentioned there, considering that we've got Arsenal and City on the way, and you don't expect United to get a lot of chances in those games, and I wouldn't be surprised if Ibrahimovic comes into the starting lineup against CSKA, having come on as a sub for the last four yeah, matches. Absolutely, yeah. it's going yeah. to be somewhat tricky to see him getting that confidence back and getting a streak for goals at this moment in time. And to be fair, when it came to that penalty, a goal had been coming. You know, it's very difficult to yeah. take that away from Watford. United had gotten quite complacent. And even though United could have made it 4-0 without the Lukaku chance, there was still a bit of a sense that if Watford kept pushing and kept pressing, then they would get rewarded. And not only that, <laughs> the way that second goal went in, seemingly symptomatic of every awkward performance that we've had over the last few years, right? You know, it reminded me a lot of last year's performance against Watford, where Watford were just allowed to press and harry and just push us back so deep within our own penalty area. And Decore got number two. And immediately you're thinking, oh God, six minutes left to go. What on earth is going to happen here? You know, are we actually going to give three goals away, away from home, when we haven't won for our last three away games? And especially considering how we could have sealed off this game a lot, lot sooner. I mean, it seems mad to say you needed to seal off a 3-0 win, but that apparently was just the evening we found ourselves in. You didn't know where that goal was coming from. And then Jesse Lingard does an absolute madness and starts off with the ball in his own half yeah. and just runs past the entire team. I don't know about you. I still find myself thinking, slot that through to Lukaku, please. But he didn't need him. No, I mean, you know, we said Lingard does this once a season, doesn't he? He scores a world yet. One of the national journals mentioned on Twitter this was the first game in his entire career for United where he's, where he's scored and assisted in the same game. And, you know, we've criticised him in the past and I still am not his greatest fan, but he did have a particularly good game tonight and he fully deserved that goal and it was it was ridiculous. You could see, the, the one thing, what I noticed about him, he always plays better away from home. And I think the reason for that is because opposing teams are generally more stretched, they're not as compact. And if he's got space to, to run into and space to move about in, then he's quite, he can be reasonably effective. But if he's playing at home against a you know, a, a very compact, packed defence. He hasn't got the pace or the skill to beat players or, or the passing to really do something special to, to put someone in. But away from home, he can be a really useful tool. And he provided the best bridge between the strikers and the midfield today that, that we've seen in a couple of months, really, in that in that number 10 position between, behind Lukaku and Martial. He, he, he provided the bridge that, that kept the forwards in the game. And for his overall performance tonight, I think he really deserved deserved a goal, and he's done his madness for the season. So <laughs> we can be thankful for that. And I, you know, that, I, I made a very, very, very guttural, animalistic noise when that went in because I think we were all um, on the edge of depression, weren't we, or melt an epic meltdown? Because I don't think if that goal had come, I could easily have seen us concede. And that for me, that last seven, seven or eight minutes plus injury time could ultimately define our season. I think if hmm. we lose that game and then go into in the way that we that we sorry not lose it if we'd drawn it in that in that way going to Arsenal without the confidence on the floor and then facing City the following week I think that would have been really 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 tough to negotiate and the other sides behind us are all hot on our heels. I mean Spurs slipped up tonight but Chelsea and Liverpool have got reasonably winnable games tomorrow. So 
by winning tonight, by getting that goal, we've really taken a lot, a bit of pressure off ourselves. We've put a little bit of pressure on City, even though I don't really think we're that quite there yet. And it's gone from being what would have been an absolutely disastrous night to to being a pretty a, a job pretty well done, and we can go to the Emirates with a bit of confidence. Yeah, I mean, I guess you talk about Lingard's quality and you measure him up against someone like Henrik Mkhitaryan and you would say for sure that Mkhitaryan is, he's more capable, you know, he can provide more, he can create more and you would say at pound for bad, he is the better footballer, right? But at the moment, you look at what they can offer Mourinho and they can offer this side and what Lingard displayed tonight is arguably better than anything Mkhitaryan has been able to get done this season. I'm not saying that because I'm just trying to add to that sort of the, the legion of criticism that's coming towards Mkhitaryan. It's just that for the most part, after a pretty solid start in which he was assisting almost every goal we scored, he's just dropped off the face of the earth. And Matter as well. I was going to say, I think, I think Matter's only scored once in his last 20 games. Mm. Mourinho tried him at 10 as well, and I don't think it really really worked out. It certainly didn't work out against Brighton. So I think he's just trying a different option tonight. You know, Lingard has really put in a performance that means that he, he I imagine, will be the go-to number 10 at the moment. I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, I think in terms of the home games, I would expect it to be matter more often than not, primarily because I think that gives yeah. United more control at home. And as you mentioned there, because Lingard can perform better away from home more often than not, then when games do get a bit more stretched, that's almost a better option, isn't it? When United can pounce and when they are looking to counter more as opposed to building up play and dominating possession like we would expect to at home. Yeah, no, I, think that's, I think that's a fair point. I think we've been scratching around for, for a system that really suits the personnel that we've got available in the last few weeks. Um, and perhaps we, we, we've got an idea of how we need to approach the these away games now against better teams because you know we have we hadn't won an away game. I know we didn't play three times, but we hadn't won an away game in over two months. Whilst our home form has been absolutely exceptional, the away form has been really quite quite ropey. And Mourinho has really been looking for a way to um, play effectively away from home. And from what we've seen from Lingard tonight in that position, with that in that formation with two forwards in front of him, it's proved to be a really effective, really effective formation in an attacking sense. And I think. That, that will probably be his go-to formation and selection in similar games in the next few weeks. Hmm. I mean, I can't blame him for that either. I think if Lungard is going to perform like that, then it's going to make it very difficult for Mkhitaryan to come back into the side. You know, I'm all for him earning his stripes again and proving Mourinho wrong because there's still a great player in there. But I th- you look at how Mkhitaryan came onto the pitch in that second half as a substitute against Brighton at the weekend. And I just kind of looked at it and thought... All right, you might not want to run around like headless chicken, but if you're playing for 20 minutes, having not even gotten into the team for the last two games, then surely you want to show that you're up for it, right? You want to make something of a statement, get yourself about, not chase down every single ball, I get that, but at least put some effort in. And to me, Mkhitaryan looked like he was stuck in second gear and wasn't necessarily desperate to try and chase anything down or make himself too available or get too involved. Just odd. He looks like a confidence player to me, and one of the things one of the things I've, and I've noticed is that he seems to hide a bit when he's really struggling, and I think that's really what what was happening. I think he's so down on on his own game that he just can't function anywhere near where he needs to be for Mourinho. And I mean, Mourinho doesn't generally really criticise his players too much about 
performance. I mean, I know he's had his moments, but he said Ricky Tyrone isn't there tonight because he played in a way that I don't like, not for just one game, but for five, six, seven games. Mm. And I think that's completely fair. You know, he, he has had a fair chance at playing the number 10 position and he hasn't taken it. And the thing that the thing that worries me about Mkhitaryan is that he's 29, he's nearly 30. He's not a player who's got scope to improve. I don't think Mourinho's ever been completely sold on him, and I can see why now. I, didn't, I know we couldn't last season, but you kind of can now. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he left in the, in the summer, and I, I wouldn't expect to see him for a 20 degree for another couple of months, because I think he's seriously persona non grata in Mourinho's mind. Not quite sure, not quite Luke Shaw persona non grata, <laughs> but, not, but not far off. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing for Luke Shaw at the minute is how do you dislodge Ashley Young? And after tonight, <laughs> you don't. It's simple as that, really. He doesn't anyway. He doesn't anyway. It's perfectly clear that Mourinho doesn't want Luke Shaw. Yeah. And he's not going to play any, any anything important. And if he goes on loan this window, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he just doesn't do anything and then gets flogged in the summer. I think that's the only two options he's got. Yeah, I think that's um, probably going to be all she wrote if he goes away for a loan. It's a shame, this. but it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult to see him getting back into the team now, and I'm, I've now pretty much given up on that happening. I'd love to be proven wrong, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tempt fate every day of the week, Rich. I'm all right with that. I'd love to see Luke yeah. Shaw can succeed at United because Ashley Young is not young. That's a thing. That's something that we do need to think about going forward for a starting left back who's going to play a lot of games. Yeah, well, we do, we do seem to be sniffing around Rose. I mean, those those reports won't go away, will they? No. So, and it, Rose does seem to be in, in Pochettino's bad books as well. There's clearly something going on there. And there's been some more reports today that top, that Spurs were looking at signing Obsessignon from, from Fulham. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't massively surprise me if we saw some sort of loan swap with a deal done in the summer or we bought Rose this window or, or whatever. But we're clearly looking at getting another proper specialist left back, straight left wing back in. Has Danny Rose played in the Champions League yet? Yeah, he played against Dortmund the other day, which is a bit annoying. Mm. But as you say, we've, we've got Ashley Young in the medium, you know, short to medium term. And at 32, you know, it's a lot to expect him to be playing every single game. So if we had Rose, then you know, you've got that option of playing one in league games and the other in cup games or whatever. So Luke Shaw's, Luke Shaw's dead, isn't he? <laughs> He's dead to Mourinho. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's change gear a little bit and look forward to Saturday afternoon. A visit to the Emirates, Rich. It's kind of difficult to know quite how to place this one because whilst Arsenal's start to the season was somewhat mediocre, they seem to have pulled things together a little bit. And that performance against Spurs, what was it, 10 days ago or so, was a good indication that Arsenal can still manage the big games quite well when they choose to. You know, It reminded me a little bit of the way that United have played at the Emirates for the last two times in the sense they have tried to put plenty of pressure in and create and then just got completely done and ripped apart in defence. Yeah. You know, Spurs spent a lot of that game pressing and were completely undone. And Arsenal, when they want to be, can be a very, very clinical side. So I guess it depends on how Mourinho wants to play this. You know, can he really afford to go to Arsenal and play for a draw. You know, the conventional wisdom after that defeat at Huddersfield, the draw at Anfield and the loss at Stamford Bridge suggests that perhaps he can't. You know, there's every chance that we're going to kick off on Saturday afternoon, another eight points behind City, you know, needing to get three points. So what will Mourinho do? I think Mourinho knows that we're not in that class at the moment. 
Okay, I mean, you know, we've said this a couple of times though, Rich, in terms of, you know, you, I get where you're coming from completely in the sense that you think that City are far and away going to win the league. But let's say hypothetically, if Mourinho wants to go out and win this and knows that we need to get the three points, how do we approach it then? I think that's dangerous. I think I think I, I don't I don't think much will change. I think we'll go in with this three stroke five at the back as we as we have tonight. I think the setup will be very similar to t- tonight, and we'll try and do the same thing. But but we'll just be very cautious. The problem we're going to have against a team like Arsenal is we cannot keep the ball, <laughs> and if you give them enough possession, ultimately they're going to they're going to punish you. It would be really a really significant boost if Jones or and or Bay were back for the week for the weekend. I think Matic is a huge issue. If he doesn't play, I'm, I'm really concerned because because we just completely lose control of midfield when no, he's not there. No, 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 Fellaini. Fellaini, Rich. Be fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's not. That's a lie. <laughs> you know, so I think I think whether he plays or not is a is a very important thing. I think that's a tough one. And I, and I still think Mourinho would think if we can come away with that with a draw, he wouldn't be too devastated. In his mind, he'll be hoping or thinking that if we can get a point and then beat City at home the following weekend then we've not we will have closed the gap I would expect or at least kept the gap as it is now going into what is a far far kinder run than we've had recently mm. you know we've basically going we'll be basically going in back into the period we had at the start of the season where we played a lot of games against very mediocre opponents and we, we didn't really play anybody worthwhile until we played Spurs and I know we've got Spurs I think we've got Spurs in January but apart from that, it's mainly teams that are in and around the mid to low low table. So getting through these games unharmed, I think he'll back back the team to to get a lot of points after those games and at least keep some pressure on and do some damage to the the other sides below us as well. Mm. Because it is it is still really close. I mean, we're I think we've just extended the gap to six points from Chelsea, but you'd expect them to win tomorrow night. So you know, it only takes couple of games where you're off the pace and you really you really fall back I and mean, we've seen with Spurs Spurs have lost again tonight and they dropped two points at the weekend and lost to Arsenal the weekend before and they've just they've gone from being you know pressing right on United's heels to some way back in the space of a week, a week. and a half yeah exactly a week yeah so I mean that's that's how important I think this next this next week or so it is but I, but if we come out of those games with four points those two games with four points I think Mourinho would be pretty pleased even if he came out of them with two, I don't think he'll be absolutely devastating. I can really see us going with his normal approach in these away games of being trying to be tight and compact and then just trying to hit on the break. And I appreciate it hasn't worked before and we'll all be quite frustrated if it doesn't work. But mm-hmm. ultimately, it, Law of Rafa just said it's got to work one day, hasn't it? So <laughs> you never know. <laughs> That's flawless, mate. Yep. <laughs> oh, good grief. Yeah, it'll work. It'll definitely work at some point. Uh, I mean, arguably, I'd say United would look at the way they execute that game plan at Anfield. If we can do that better against Arsenal, then yeah, there's any reason we can get this. No reason why we can't get a positive result. Just depends on how deadly we plan on being in front of goal and who the chances fall to at the minute. I'd still back Lukaku to score, but there's probably a couple of players at United at the at the moment that I'd back above him. You know, Rashford and Martial are both looking excellent in front of goal. So how do you really count them out at the moment? Not that both of them will start at the weekend, but still. No, exactly. But but also not cruising. We need, we've got to get out of this habit of cruising in away games. Mm, this is true. You know, even if we go ahead, it's not beyond the rails of possibility that we score first at Arsenal and then if he's particularly if it's early, 
it's almost if we if we score too early or if we think we're quite comfortable then it's actually a bad thing for us and we we really switch off and we stop concentrating yeah i mean i think that was that was what happened tonight wasn't it you know we got three goals yeah, up, it was, essentially exactly. they thought oh we got arsenal at the weekend and then we got city the following weekend put our feet up maybe grab a fourth and just make sure we keep it tight and uh, that he took martial mm, off didn't he that, yeah mm, he took martial off as well which you know i understand why i understand why he made that change that he's made so often before but martial was the big danger to that to, yeah. to Watford and as soon as he went off we re- our attacking threat diminished a little and I think that allowed that allowed Watford to just get a better foothold in the game as well yeah for sure well I'd say that was a pretty good week's work to be honest otherwise they're rich I mean some absolute worldies yeah. we've had a we've had a good a bit of lass I laughed a lot this evening at Ashley Young in a very good way so I'm happy with that let's uh give, and, and Lindelof yeah. is a player yeah yeah he's an actual football player who can do good defence yeah there we go he is Yes, who knew? What a time to be alive! Right, quick score prediction for Sunday, please. Saturday, sorry. I'm I'm going to go one all. Okay, I'm going to go two one to one of the teams. We'll leave it there. <laughs> Thanks for your company, uh, Rich. Yeah, I don't I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to go for one. <laughs> someone's going to win two one. I don't know who could be either one of those teams. Don't know. We'll see. Rich, thanks for your company. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, you can get us all over Twitter. You can get me at at you and Lenny. You can get Rich at at RichCan76. You can get the pod at Red Voices MUC if you're not, although I assume you are probably at this point. And you can get our blog at www.redvoices.net, which is all the information you could possibly want on us. Other than that, have yourselves an absolutely superb week. Cheerio. Cheerio.